Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining another episode of The Shrews, powered by the JGSI. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Bob Feiner, Senior Vice President at Dell Technologies Services in Austin, Texas. Welcome, Bob. I'm so excited to get a chance to speak with you today. Oh, it's great to be here, Maddie. Thanks for inviting me on. So why don't you start by taking a few moments and tell us about your background, where you grew up, how you got sure. to where you are today. Yeah, so uh, I grew up just north of Boston, so uh, born and bred in Boston, and then I uh, I uh, decided to uh, go to undergrad in New Orleans at Tulane. Uh, so um, after Tulane, I spent a couple of years in the oil and gas industry, and then I went back to school to get my MBA from the University of Texas at Austin, uh, and spent about two years in management consulting for uh Ernst & Young at the time, uh, and then left uh, Ernst & Young in 1999 uh, to join Dell, and I've been at Dell ever since. So it'll be 25 years. I've probably been at Dell maybe longer than most of your audience has been alive. But um, so uh, I'll, uh, I'll be at Dell 25 years in April. So you mentioned, obviously, that you went to undergrad. You took a few years. And then you went back to receive your advanced degree in the form of an MBA. So can you share a bit more about that decision? Did you feel yeah. like the time you needed to get one? You just wanted to get one? You felt it would help you with your career? Just a little bit about that transition. Yeah. So, you know, I've been engineering undergrad. So I spent a couple of years doing, uh, like I said, work in the oil and gas industry. And I worked for both uh, a large uh, producer and then for, for a services company. Uh, but I realized that I wanted to do more and I wanted to actually kind of run a business or have responsibility for a business. And, and uh, so I went back to business school. That's the reason why I went back. And, uh, you know, for me, it was a great decision. A lot of the folks that I went to school with, I, I'm still very good friends with and even helped me get to where I am today. And, um, uh, you know, I, I always I always kind of encourage folks um, to continue your education and and because I think there, there's always more to learn and it's only going to benefit you. So um, and I do that even when I recruit, you know, I recruit undergrads and grad students at Tulane and, and I always give them that message that it's also always fine to come work for a place for a couple of years. And then if you decide it's the right thing for you to go get your uh a grad degree, no matter what it is, I think it's always a great decision. Well, then we are the perfect audience for you. So thinking, you mentioned that you wanted to go back to school and be in a more managerial leadership position. So when you think of yourself as a leader, what are some of the most important factors that you think have contributed to your success in that kind of different position? Yeah, you know, it's a good question. For me, I've always taken the 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 view of it's we not me. Um, so I'm a very big team sports guy. Growing up in Boston, you can't help but be one. Um, I actually even ran for Red Sox Nation president 15 years ago, um, and from Austin. And I always look at things as a team sport. And and so when I'm when I'm leading teams and I have a large team, my team today, I've got 6,000 folks that work on my team today. And through extension, through the partners that I have, I've got another 20,000. So, um, so it's kind of like a small town. And I, 
I look at, um, we're out there trying to win championships every day. And we just don't know when that championship's going to be. It's going to be today. It's going to be tomorrow. So we've got to be working together as a team. And when I look at how I try and lead the teams, I try and, talent's really key. So I try and look for up and coming talent, folks who are going to be new to the team, relatively new to the team that we can develop into strong leaders. Um, you look for your people who you're going to have a couple of all-stars, people who are going to be your best players. So you, you can lean on them to, to be in leadership positions. Uh, I look for, okay, there's going to be somebody who plays their position. If they're going to do a good job. It's fine for them to do that. And that's just what they're going to do. And you need those type of folks on your team too. And there's also probably a couple of folks you've got who, you know, maybe um, they're past um, what they were they were good at and it's time for them to do something else. And you've got to make some of those tough decisions. So when I look at kind of leading teams, I'm always looking at it from, or, or my leadership, I'm always looking at it from, how are, are we building the right team? Do we have the right players on the field to win that championship? And, and do we want, I, I kind of always equate it to, a, a phrase that I use is, is uh, rings, not trophies. And what do I mean by that? So when you, when you win like an individual award in a team sport, you get a trophy. When you win a championship as a team, you get a ring. And so I'm always telling my teams, let's go get rings. I don't want trophies. I like that metaphor a lot. And I promise I won't hold it against you that you're a Boston guy and I am a Philly. Um, we, uh, we, we respect <laughs> Philadelphia folks. So. so it's all okay. So you mentioned yes. that you do some recruiting. Um, and I think a big topic of conversation right now is for our students that they're entering a job market that's maybe not super friendly and it's difficult to get a job right now and people are finding start dates are being pushed back and yeah. all the like. So can you, from being on the other side of things, can you speak a little bit about things that maybe our students can be doing or just ways to approach it um, when, you know, there's a lot of negative connotations around, you know, beginning a career right now? Yeah, absolutely. It's a good question. I actually just, I had somebody was passed on, actually a friend of mine from business school passed on somebody who just um, uh, graduated from college and started a new job and left that job and was looking for some advice. So I talked to him last week. And and one, a couple of things I said was, first of all, you got to be patient um, because it is, it is a more challenging market now than it was, say, 18 months ago or six months ago. Um, but I think that's going to, that's going to change over time. You're already starting to see in the economy, some green shoots happening and hopefully knock on wood that happens. Um, I'd also say that, um, look, don't expect to be CEO in your first job. Uh, there is a tendency. I've had people come to me, um, even at Dell where they've mapped out their career for the next seven years and, and it, it goes straight up. And this is the roles they're going to have. And then you just, your career just doesn't work that way. So I, 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 I didn't go to grad school thinking that, oh, wow, in 25 years, I want, to, I want to run tech support for a technology company. That wasn't in my plan. So, um, so I think you got to be patient. You have to be willing to go sideways before you go up. Um, so, and sometimes you have to be willing to step backwards before you go up. And... Um, so I think you've got to have that. You got to show an interest in why that company should hire you. Like do your homework. I've had people interview. 
I had an interview. This is my interview. I won't forget. I, I had last. I had it last year, um, for interns. And the, the there is a matter of professionalism you need to have when you go talk to folks. The person showed up baseball hat T-shirt to a professional interview, which I, I got it. You know that may be what they, but it's not. If you've done your homework, that's probably not going to be a fit for our company. So. Um, so you got to do your homework, network as much as you can. I just spoke to somebody yesterday who's further along in their career, left the company, uh, is looking to kind of rejoin in the technology industry. And he's going out and reaching out to folks that he knows from LinkedIn. I didn't talk to him in a number of years, reaching out to folks on LinkedIn just to build his network and say, Hey, if something comes up and he knows what the environment is, then, then um, keep me in mind. So, and it may not be with my company, maybe with someone else. So, so I think you just, you gotta be patient. Don't expect to be CEO first thing out of the gate. Um, think about what you're really interested in. And the other thing I, I would, I tell people is, um, I can train you to get a certain certification or, um, to, to get a certain, uh, type of, uh, go through some testing or whatever it might be. I can't train passion. And if you're passionate about something, that's going to come through in your interview um, or it's going to come through in how you go talk to people and network. So so you figure out what you're passionate about and lean into that um, for what you want to do next. Yeah, I think those are all really, really great strategies and a great perspective. So thank you for sharing that. So looking now, changing gears a little bit, take us through, I expect that your day-to-day -day does not look the same. So I don't like to say take us through a normal day, but tell us a little bit more about what it is that you exactly are doing day-to-day -day as part of your current position. Yeah, so just give you a little background. So what so what I run today at Dell Technologies is I run all of our technical support and field support across our client products. And our client products are notebooks, desktops, gaming, workstations, all the peripherals that you would buy, like um, keyboards and, and mice and all of that. And so if somebody has a, has a problem with any of those devices and they need to call technical support, that's my team um, around the globe. And, and I've got a mix of people that work for Dell and a mix of partners. I've got about 6,000 people around the globe that work for Dell. Um, and we basically provide support in every country around the world where a U.S. company can legally operate in. And, and in addition to that, I also have all of the folks who, if we need to go fix a problem with your device um, and we either go to your home or your place of business, I have all the folks around the world that do that. And um, so, so that, that's a presence in almost every country. In addition to that, I also own all of our commercial relationships with our partners for the other part of our business, which is in the data center and server and storage world. Um, so um, so I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with CXOs and senior vice presidents all the time and these other companies that provide services on our behalf. So if you kind of look at my, you know, my day, my day does change every day. Um, it, it could be, you know, I was in Europe a couple of weeks ago and there was a day, we had a day there dedicated just to our Europe partners for two days, actually. And so 
we spent a full day kind of taking them through what's our strategy for this year? What are we doing from a technology investment? How are things like generative AI going to impact them and our business? Um, all those type of things. And then we had, in, then I had individual meetings with about a dozen different partners, again, at kind of the senior leadership or CXO level to talk through kind of, okay, this is what you do for us. We need help here. Where do you need help? Those type of things. Then I, you know, a couple of days later, I moved on to our call center in Casablanca. We have a call center in Casablanca. That was a full day with just my team. Um, so that's meeting with folks, getting in front of the entire team, um, talking about what's going on in the business, doing recognition, um, uh, listening to their problems. What are the things I need to go solve? What are the things I can go help with? Um, you know, uh, other days I may have a number of financial meetings looking at, okay, how are the finances working in the business and how do we, how do we continue to scale and deliver to our financial targets? Um, this morning we had a meeting on, okay, what are we doing operationally with my leader talking about, okay, how are we perform? What are our customers saying about us and operationally, how are we achieving the, the goals that we have in place? Um, so the great thing about the company that I'm in and the reason I've been here for so long, a couple of things, number one is the people, the people are just great to work with. And I've known for a long time. And number two, I'm in an industry really, I mean, anyone use a computer in, in, in any industry, any business, any country. So literally um, every industry, every business segment uses our technology. So, so you get exposed to, to everything from my mom, who's a customer to uh, you know, most secure federal government installations. And so part of my day may be having to deal with an escalation where something didn't go right or we've got to fix a problem for one of those customers. So it really does vary just depending on um, what the day is and what the priorities are that we have to get done for that time period. Great. Sounds like you're definitely busy. So we really extra appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. So you mentioned a few touching on kind of the industry in which you work. So if you were to pick, let's say one or two or three, if you have recent trends or really things that we should be paying attention to when we think about the tech space that you're in or the customer support space or whatever it may be, yeah. take us through. Well, I, yeah. I mean, look, I, the, the the big buzzword right now is generative AI, chat GPT, all of that, but it's real. And, 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 you know, we equate it and other folks equate it to like the dawn of the internet, right? Of what it's going to do to transform how people live, work and play. And I, I don't think anybody really knows the answer to that um, at this point, but it's moving so fast. If you listen to earnings reports, it doesn't matter what the company is. It could be a, a farming equipment manufacturer to Coca-Cola. They're all talking about generative AI and AI and what it's going to do to their business. And, and um, so it's here. It's real. I don't really think it's a fad, unlike some other technology innovations that may have come about in the last 10 years. And I think people are just starting to grapple with it. You know, for us, we're looking at it from... Um, how does it impact our customers? How can we make things better for our customers? How can we make things better for our internal customers? Um, 
how can we make things better for like my support agents? So if you can imagine if, if somebody's had enough issues, if there's a, there's a large customer who's got a bunch of different laptops in their environment. And over the last couple of years, they've had different issues with different laptops and they have to contact us to try and solve the current problem. For us today to go through all that history can take a lot of time before we understand it all. Generative AI, an internal version of generative AI can really shrink down that time and make us more effective. Um, so that's just one use case. And we are, we're literally looking at um, dozens of use cases within the company. So I think that trend is here and it is just going to continue um, to um, continue to go faster and faster. I also think the other trend that, that we're, all, we're also a part of and trying to drive as well with our customers internally and externally is just the consumerization of everything. I mean, everyone's used to, I'm holding up my cell phone, but everyone's used to doing everything on their phone now, right? You, you, you know, and that, and that got accelerated through the pandemic. You order, I mean, we don't even go to the grocery store. We order stuff on our, we order groceries home on our phone. And so people are expecting that kind of mobile experience and that ability to self-service, not just from consumer things like the grocery store or buying plane tickets or whatever it may be, but working with commercial enterprises. And so that trend, I think, again, is going to continue to um, really go faster and faster. And then the other thing is this whole notion of, of augmented reality, virtual reality, um, those type of technologies. Uh, you know, there was a big announcement by Apple recently about what they're doing. Um, that's going to become more and more and more prevalent in the business sense, not just from a consumer perspective for gaming or whatever it may be. We have a company that we partner with that literally can do what we call a digital twin. So I could have a laptop sitting on my desk today and it's physically not there, but using the technology it creates a digital twin. And if I need to fix that problem, I can basically do all everything I need um, prior to going in front of a customer and doing it in a 3D virtual world. Um, and so, um, those type of technologies, I think, are just going to become more and more prevalent where it kind of blends the, 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 the real world with the virtual world to do work and beyond just doing play, which is what augmented reality tended to be, you know, in the current day. So, so I think those three trends around generative AI, the consumerization and mobility and, and augmented reality, I think those things are, they are coming fast. I think they're everyone's going to be impacted by them. Uh, and it's, it, they're, they're, they are just going to be major growth areas. Thank you. Yeah, I totally agree. I think all those things are playing out in my life or the positive or the negative. We'll find out, but they're there. Um, so now kind of looking back over the span of your career up until this point, You've talked a lot about different trends and what you do and, you know, different positions you've been in. When you think back over the span of it and you think about a significant, the significant success factors, I like to say, um, about kind of how you got to where you are and what you would advocate for young people who are just starting their careers and want to be in your position one day or something like your position. Yeah, you know, I think, look, Find some advocates, right? Find some people that um, will be advocates for you 
Um, they could be, they could be friends or colleagues from whatever position you're in now, or classmates. Or you know, the reason I got the job at Dell 25 years ago is through one of my classmates that I knew in graduate school. So uh, it was just through from that kind of networking. So, um, so I think you've got to find your advocates. I think you got to be true to yourself. People will see if it's about um, if what you're trying to do is about you or it's about trying to do things for other people. And um, and what I've always found, at least in my career, the people who've been successful, with, the ones who've been truly successful, um, it, it, as I said earlier, it, it's always about, for us, what are you doing to go solve a customer problem, not what are you doing to try and make yourself promote yourself so um and promote yourself from a from a recognition perspective and um so, so i've i've found that to be effective for me um, could i've done more if i'd even promoted myself more i don't know maybe but um but i have found that uh, you know having advocates um doing the right thing uh what i've always found throughout my career, whether it's been at Dell or other places, if you do what you believe is the right thing, and it may end up being the wrong decision to make, as long as you recognize that and you learn from it, then people will accept that and respect that. Uh, you know, don't make the mistake again, but um, they'll, they'll, they'll see that. And I think that's helped me as well as like, I've always kind of leaned into, okay, what's the right thing for the customer? And customer could be somebody internal, could be somebody external, could be external customers buying things from you. Um, and because that's ultimately what we're trying to do as a company. That's what our mission is. So, excuse me. And, and, and just doing that right thing, I think having that kind of, you know, very focused ethical view of the world um, People will see that as well, and um, and they'll recognize the people who don't necessarily kind of follow all those all those rules because they're trying to do things about themselves rather than for the customers or the business. Thank you for sharing those. I think those are really great ones, and they've clearly served you well. So thank you for sharing Thanks. that. Um, so uh, this is obviously the Jewish Graduate Student Initiative. Yeah. So we like to ask all of our speakers. What does being Jewish mean to you in your personal life, professional life, some combination of both of them, but just share your, your experience with Judaism. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it's, I think it's um, integral to who I am and what I do and why I've been successful. I think kind of going back to that ethical moral code, I think that, I mean, you get that just getting raised Jewish. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I hold a card. You can't see it, but I hold this card up. I have this card in my in my wallet that I carry with me all the time, and it's it's the quote from Mika six eight: "Do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with your God." So I try and I just try and emulate that. So um, in my work life, in my personal life, um, we tend to do a lot of things from a charity perspective. Um, my wife, my wife's not Jewish, um, and I think part of that comes from just how I was raised in the ethics and, and serving your community. And I've been fortunate enough where I'm at a point in my life where 
we can give back substantially into our community um, for a number of different causes. And that's just something I was always raised that you should go do. You know, my my background is my dad, my dad escaped Germany in 1939 with literally the clothes on his back and, and with his brother and his sister that had just come over here as an orphan. And, and my mom came over from, from Israel. So, uh, and they met in Boston. And so I always think about, okay, what would that, how would that have changed what I would have become if his experience was different? And I always think about, okay, what would he think about if I was to do A or B? And, and I think that's just, it's just the nature of kind of ra being raised in this community and, and the strong moral character that it gives you and enables you to be successful and the, and the, and the willingness to fight against all odds to do the right thing that you know is the right thing and to be successful to prove to people that you can be successful even if you have things that are stacked up against you like my dad had so um so i think it's all of those elements yeah i thank you for sharing that that's a really great perspective and it's an incredible story so thank you so shifting gears again uh, not that this entire uh, time hasn't been fun, but I like to end with something that's definitely fun. Uh, it's called, I like to call it my rapid fire round. So give our students okay. a chance to kind of get to know you a little bit outside of career and industry. Sure. So one to two word answers. Some of them involve a few more uh, words, but we'll start with, is there a book that you feel has inspired you or, or it's just your favorite read? It's inspired me on my favorite read. You know, the funny thing is I got a huge library. I don't know if there's one right now. I, I, I read a lot and I like, and this is not one word. Um, uh, I don't have one that comes to mind right now, but I am reading one right now by Admiral William McRaven, who, um, and it's a great book on leadership. It's a very short book on leadership. And if you don't know who he is, he ran SEAL Team 6. And he was the chancellor at, at uh, the University of Texas. Definitely a good read. Um, and hopefully that one will inspire you. So next, what is the most used app on your phone? Oh, most used app on my phone. Well, it's probably uh, Microsoft Outlook. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, are you coffee or tea or something else? I don't drink any caffeine at all. I just drink water. That's, I, that's I quit drinking answer. sugary drinks and all of that uh, about three years ago. That's a good one. You are better than I am. Um, what is, do you have a favorite Jewish food? Oh, uh, probably uh, Google. Oh. Um, favorite Jewish holiday? Well, for my kids when they were younger, Hanukkah. Yes. I like Passover, so... They're both great. Yes. And then finally, what is one word that you associate with being Jewish? Ethical. Ethical. I like that. I think that's a great way to kind of sum all that you had to say up. And thank you so much again, Bob, for taking the time to join us and share about your experience, your background, career, industry. We really appreciate it. And we know our students will too. Thanks, Maddie. It's great talking to you and good luck to everyone out there.